the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. A little leaven will leaven the whole lump. And what that means is if you allow sin into your life, even if it's just a small thing that you may think is no big deal, or you may think it doesn't affect anyone, it will eventually grow and spread and affect all of your life. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why it's important for us to deal with our sin. And how do we deal with our sin? Repentance. The tribe of Dan left the will and plan of God to pursue an easier life. After that choice, their lives were a series of big and tiny decisions made out of comfort, convenience, or pride that eventually led to their destruction. Today, Pastor Dan will challenge you to diligently examine your life and rid it of sin, even if it's just a bit. Don't compromise and allow sin to remain in your life. It'll eventually grow and spread throughout your life. When you see sin, repent of it and get back to the life God intends for you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 49 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It it was a time in the nation where everyone was just doing what was right in their own eyes. Whatever they felt like doing. Not what was right in God's eyes. What was right in their own eyes. And And that's exactly what the tribe of Dan did. They did what was right in their own eyes. They got tired of fighting the Philistines down here, and they abandoned the fight, and they moved north. Not because God told them to do that, because it was right in their own eyes. And I want to I look at this together so you get a sense of this. Uh, so turn with me over to Judges chapter 18. Judges chapter 18. We're just going to look at a handful of verses here. Judges chapter 18, verse 1, just to give you the, the, the context here. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel, And in those days, the tribe of the Danites were seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So they're seeking a new inheritance. God gave them an inheritance. And and they got tired. They got weary. And so they said, I I want a new inheritance. (laughs) I don't want this old inheritance that God gave me. I want to go get my own inheritance, a new one. And so, verse 2, the children of Dan sent five men of their family from the territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtaal, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go, search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim and to the house of Micah and lodged there. And so there's a part of a story there that we don't need to get into. But 
So the children of Dan, they take five men of valor and they tell them, just go search the land, go find another place for us to live. Tired of living here. Tired Tired of what God has ordained for us. Tired of what God has called us to. Just go find another place for us to live. And so these five men go out and they search the land. Uh, if you look down at verse 7, they come up to, they end up in Laish in verse 7, way up in the north. And here's, listen to this description. Think about what their experience has been down with the Philistines for all these years. It says in verse 7, so the five men departed, went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely. They're not dwelling safely down by the Philistines. But the people of Laish are dwelling safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. Boy, that sounds nice. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians and they had no ties with anyone. Wow. Verse 10, look down at verse 10. It says, when you go, you will come to a secure people. People of Laish were secure, a secure people and a large land. They, they don't have the Philistines dwelling in their backyard in Laish. And they've got all this land. They're secure. For God has given it into your hands. No, God, hasn't, God didn't do this. They were doing what was right in their own eyes. Isn't it interesting how we can do something in our own flesh totally our idea, and we can like justify it by saying, well, God's leading me to do this. This is, this is God, and this is God's idea, you know? <laughs> the heart is deceptively wicked, isn't it? Who can know it? Look what it says at the end of verse 10. It's a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. How wonderful does that sound? No lack of anything that's on the earth? Judges 18 tells us the reason the tribe of Dan chose the town of Laish is because the people living in Laish, uh, the New Living Translation says they lived carefree lives. Where they were living by the Philistines, they had care-filled lives, right? Man, these people up here in Laish, they have carefree lives. They were peaceful. They were secure. They had all this land. They were wealthy because their land was very fertile. They lacked nothing. They were geographically isolated by the the mountains. Dan was located in this valley surrounded by high mountains. Uh, They didn't have neighbors for miles. No one that's going to raid your livestock, steal your crops. No enemy as far as the eye can see. So from a human standpoint, uh, Laish offered everything that their allotted territory did not. Right? From a human standpoint. Just if we're looking at it with our eyes. And the people of Dan, they, they looked at Laish and they thought, man, life would be so much easier here. We'd be so much happier if, if we lived here. This beautiful country. From a human standpoint, it would be easier in some ways. But it wasn't the territory that God had for Dan. It wasn't the territory that God had for Dan. Dan made this decision to quit the fight and move 
And they made this decision totally in the flesh. They're doing what was right in their own eyes. They're, they're not being led in the spirit. They're not walking in the spirit. They're walking by sight and not by faith. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. And, and listen, they went from living in God's will to living outside of God's will. It is better to be in God's will where it is difficult than outside of God's will where it's easy. You always want to be in God's will. And we're told that after the tribe of Dan, they came up, they attacked the city of Laish, they conquered it, they destroyed it, they built a new city there. And then in Judges chapter 18, verse 30, it says they set up a, car, they set up a carved image in the city. First thing they did. They set up idolatry in the city. And they established idolatry. Now, down in the original territory, they were too busy fighting. <laughs> they were too busy in the battle to set up idols and to turn to idolatry. Now they're up in this, you know, this safe, secure, peaceful. They've got some downtime. And now they turn to idolatry and set up a carved image. And it becomes a place of idolatry in the land of Israel. After about 200 years, so okay, like now the screen goes black and it says 200 years later. 200 years later, there's a civil war in Israel. The nation splits into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Jeroboam becomes the king of the northern kingdom. And Jeroboam didn't want his people uh, that he ruled over going down to Jerusalem to the temple to worship at the temple. Uh, So Jeroboam decided that he is going to set up an altar for a golden calf in Dan and an altar for a golden calf in Bethel. And he announces to the people that this is now your God. And this is the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. We no longer worship Yahweh. No reason to go down to Jerusalem. You can just go to Dan or you could go to Bethel and you can worship the golden calf. Uh, uh, That that Jeroboam set up in Dan for people to travel to Dan now to worship the golden calf instead of worshiping the true and living God. And this became known as the sin of Jeroboam that is recorded in 1 Kings chapter 12. Dan becomes a center of idol worship in the land of Israel and idolatry spread from Dan. Idolatry spread from Dan throughout the entire land of Israel. And idolatry ultimately ultimately led to the destruction of the nation. Dan will be a serpent. Satan will use the tribe of Dan to throw the nation off from following the Lord. You know, the, the, the Jordan River begins in Dan, the northern part of Israel, the, the headwaters of the beginning of it, the spring that it comes from. Uh, is in Dan. The name Jordan means to descend from Dan. Jordan. It descends from Dan. And the Jordan River travels all the way through the land of Israel, all the way down to the Dead Sea. It descends through the land from Dan. Idolatry also descended from Dan. All throughout the nation. You know, the Bible says, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. A little leaven will leaven the whole lump. And what that means is, if you allow sin into your life, even if it's just a small thing, 
that you may think is no big deal or you may think it doesn't affect anyone, it will eventually grow and spread and affect all of your life. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why it's important for us to deal with our sin. And how do we deal with our sin? Repentance. Repentance. By turning from our sin. By removing the sin from our lives and asking Jesus Christ to forgive us and to cleanse us by his blood. You know, First John says, if we walk in the light with God, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all of our sin. Walking in the light with your sin and getting it into the light so that Jesus Christ can cleanse you of it. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's message. Confessing our sin. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us, it says, of all of our unrighteousness. The lesson, one of the lessons we learned from Dan is we don't want to give the enemy even the smallest foothold in our lives. And you look at the map, and they're way up there in the north. They're isolated. Nobody lives up there. They're all, they're all by themselves. What's the big deal if they turn to idolatry? It's not going to affect anybody. It affects everybody. Everybody's impacted by it. The sin of, the sin of Dan was the leaven. that leavened the whole nation. And it starts small. But eventually, it just spreads throughout the land. So now watch here. Look at go back to uh, go back to Genesis chapter forty nine. I love this. After you know, after considering Dan's future, remember Jacob is speaking prophetically about what's going to happen in the future, and he sees what's going to happen, what's coming for Dan and for the nation, and how the idolatry of Dan will infect the entire nation. Look at verse 18. Jacob just lifts his heart to God and expresses his longing for God's salvation. In verse 18, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Jacob sees what will happen in the nation and the future, and he just bursts out with, I've waited for your salvation, O Lord, in the middle of this conversation with his son, Dan. He just can't contain himself, and he just lifts his voice to the Lord. I've waited for your salvation, O Lord. Have you ever cried out, come quickly, Lord Jesus? Right? I promise you, if you, if you look at the headlines of the news, you're going to say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You look at what's going on in the world and in our culture, you're going to say, Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And that's what Jacob does here. Just right in the middle of this conversation. Now, if you're a note taker, this is the first, listen, this is the first occurrence of the word salvation. In the Bible. The first occurrence of the word salvation. And it's used 78 times in the Old Testament. And listen, every time it is used, 
in the Old Testament, it refers to God's salvation or God's deliverance of his people. It's never used any other way. It's always talking about God's salvation. And the Hebrew word translated salvation here, are you ready for this? It's Yeshua. Yeshua. Or Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus. Now I want you to listen carefully to how the word salvation is used in Isaiah 62 verse 11. Listen to how it's used. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward. Whose reward? Salvation's reward. His reward is with him and his work before him. Salvation is a person. It's spoken of as a person in the scriptures. Salvation is a person named Yeshua or Jesus. Your salvation is coming. Your Yeshua is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Salvation is a person. You know, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel uh, told Joseph, the husband of Mary, that Mary will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, Yeshua, will save his people from their sins. He is the salvation of God. It's it's not just like a, a concept or a doctrine that we believe in. It's a person. It's Jesus. Jesus is salvation. In Luke chapter 2, when Joseph and Mary brought the newborn Jesus into the temple in Jerusalem, there's that old man Simeon. Remember that story? The old man Simeon's there in the temple, and he sees the baby Jesus, and he takes the baby Jesus up into his arms, and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. I'm holding your salvation in my hands. My eyes have seen your salvation. Jesus' salvation. And here Jacob says, I've waited for your salvation, O Lord. <laughs> He's not waiting for a doctrine. He's waiting for a person. I've waited for your salvation, O Lord. Jacob longed for Jesus to come. He's waiting for Jesus. God's salvation. Hebrews 11 tells us Jacob longed for a better country, heaven. Do you long for heaven? Do you long for Jesus to come? When Jacob says here, I've waited for your salvation, O Lord, it means to wait eagerly or to wait with an eagerness and or to be looking for or watching for or to expect. Jacob longed for the Lord to come. And as Christians, this is exactly how we should be living our lives in these days, especially in these days. We should be eagerly waiting, eagerly watching for Jesus Christ to come for us, for his church to take us to heaven. We should be waiting expectantly. Longing for him to come and save us from this world. You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven. 
from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of us that are here that are in Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. This world is not our home. Heaven is our home. Our citizenship is there. And we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come from heaven to save us, to rescue us. You know, Matthew Henry writes, The life of a Christian is in heaven, where his head is, where our thoughts should be, and his home is, and where he hopes to be shortly. I love that. Where he hopes to be shortly. You know, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28 says, Jesus will appear a second time to bring salvation to those who are eagerly waiting for him. We are to be eagerly waiting for Christ. Eagerly waiting for Christ to come to save us from this broken world. And the wrath that is to come on this world. And to take us to heaven to be with him. That where he is, there we may be also. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And the Bible says, this is the blessed hope of every believer. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, for us. That's, that's our blessed hope. That's what we're hoping in. That's what we're eagerly waiting for. That's what we're longing for. Is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, to come. You know, on several occasions in the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples to be watchful for his return. For example, Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, Jesus said, Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Your Lord is coming. You just don't know when. So be watching, waiting, looking for, longing for, eager for. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the Apostle Paul writes, listen to this verse. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. Man, that's a good exhortation for us, right? Listen again. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Hold your ground in Jesus Christ. Stand fast in the faith. Don't waver. Be brave. We need to be brave, Christians. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. We are watching and waiting for the salvation of the Lord to come. Jesus Christ. Looking at things around us. Looking at what's going on and, and, and just like Jacob here, waiting for your salvation, O Lord, watching for you. I'm I'm looking, I'm hoping, it's the longing of my heart that you would come and that you would save us. Lord, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the fact that you're coming again for us, Lord, and that you, you are our salvation. And Lord, one day you'll come and you'll take us to heaven to be with you. And thus, we shall always be with you. Lord, I pray that we would keep our, our, our heads in heaven, our hearts in heaven. We would set our minds on things above where you are, not the things of this world. And that we would be eagerly watching and eagerly waiting for you to come and save us. 
we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.